I started seeing a therapist. And uh, I only tell you this because I really don't think it's something that I should be ashamed of. You know, for a long time, I was back and forth over the idea, knowing that it would be good for me, but also kind of terrified of what a therapist might say or think. I've always said, you know, I'm very self-aware. You know, I know exactly who I am and exactly why I am the way that I am. And I know that most of my demons correlate with some kind of childhood trauma. And trauma, you know, I've learned from therapy, it doesn't have to be like this horrific, life-altering disaster, but a disturbing experience. And what I've always known, it's one of my favorite sayings, um, what softens the potato hardens the egg, because sometimes it's not the circumstance, but what you are made of. Uh, One thing I've mentioned a lot is uh, how a lot of things that I've seen or gone through in my life have kind of made me like numb or cold. You know, some things that I think would destroy a person, they don't really even phase me like at this point in my life. Not that I'm like stronger, I'm better, I'm like a badass or something like that. But I've just seen so much of the same shit over and over for years that like these things that happen, like don't even make me bat an eye anymore. You know, and I have friends that'll hear bad news and it just like crumbles them, you know, and I'm trying to console them and I'm like, well, this is not really that big of a deal. But but for someone who was raised, you know, with the white picket fence, a minor inconvenience is like catastrophic, right? Um, having friends born with like a silver spoon in their ass doesn't necessarily make them less than or pussy or anything like that. But if you, if you never grew up around people like regularly going to prison or overdosing, it's like kind of a culture shock when it happens. Uh, I had this conversation with one of my favorite people. Uh, she's, she's going through one of those situations that would make like any other young adult just like shatter into pieces. You know, I, I told her the other day, I'm like, never forget what a fucking badass you are. Like no child should ever go through even like a fraction of the things that she has. And she's just like the sweetest and coolest fucking person ever. You know, when you grow up seeing your parents, like literally shoot drugs into their arms, like in and out of jail, homeless, broke, lost, defeated, you know, life just becomes lifeless. You know, life loses its spark. It just stays at a constant until the next shit storm happens. No one wants to see their parents struggle, not with money, not with addiction, nothing. But to see it firsthand for your entire childhood, at some point you become like numb and empty. And I've talked about my childhood a lot. You know, overall, I think, I don't think it was that bad. You know, it had its moments. And it wasn't until I started therapy and like slowly peeling back all the layers, I realized like, wow, <laughs> a lot of this shit is not normal. Uh, Obviously, I know that like things that happen in my life are not you know necessarily normal, but I also know that everyone's family goes through shit, you know, and it could be worse, you know. But man, <laughs> some of the stories I tell her, they really get her pen moving, uh, and a lot of things that I've found humorous or decided to make a joke of, I should say, like actually attribute to my personality, you know. And you know, she was actually really worried about my last trip to Ohio and like how that was going to go because. You know, if you follow my social media, you see I was in Ohio for a few days. Um, Probably one of the better trips I've had, honestly. I saw my dad a few times. He was good. You know, I I didn't see my siblings, but that was expected. Uh, I spent some good time, though, with my closest friends, my family, you know, eating all my favorite foods. But I went by myself. You know, I haven't been home in over a year. And, you know, I just really wanted to take the time to enjoy it um, before we go for Christmas. You know, Hubs and I, when we take the kids home, it's just like chaotic as fuck. You know, don't get me wrong. Like nothing brings me more joy than watching like my aunt, my grandparents with the kids or like waking up at Chris's mom's house with like the snowy backyard. But let's be real. (laughs) Like running all over town with twins is not the business, you know, and this is going to be my first Christmas home in 12 years. So we're just like really excited for that. 
but I used to, oh, I used to fucking hate the holidays. You know, Christmas was never enjoyable for me. I think I've mentioned that before too. You know, my family, there were just never been like the big gift giving kind, you know? And like when I was younger, like, yeah, we were open, we had gifts to open for Christmas. But like at some point there was like a rule created that like once you became like a young adult, teenager, young adult, whatever, um, the gifts are only for the kids, you know? And I became an aunt at 12. So like since middle school, there are always like younger kids at Christmas to buy for. And like, a lot of those years, my dad was like fucking MIA. So <laughs> I was always like sad on the holidays anyway. <clears throat> but that's what I mean about like the potato and the egg, because, you know, growing up with an absent parent, that's like normal to me, you know, but for someone who has parents that have been together for 40 years and like couldn't imagine life without both parents, like that would be devastating, you know, and like growing up with family members in and out of jail wasn't shocking. You know, it was usually like, oh, well, at least they're not using and we know where they're at. <laughs> you know, even now, someone in my family is about to do 90 days in jail. And the first thought was, oh, good. Maybe she'll get clean while she's in there, you know? And, you know, we think we know everything about someone else's life and their problems. And fuck, just last night I was at work and uh, I was told there was a guy here in Vegas that we know that he's just like all methed out. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, he's very rich, like stupid wealthy. And, my first thought was like, how could someone with so much need to numb like whatever pain that they think they have? You know, because right for like more normal income people, you know, a large amount of money would solve most of your problems, right? You know, no, of course, money doesn't buy happiness. We know that. But a majority of your stress would probably go away if you weren't living paycheck to paycheck or if you weren't worried about like December and, you know, Christmas and all that stuff, you know, or if, you know, you weren't working in a job that you absolutely hated just to pay your bills, you know, and I, I think of that guy and I'm like, what else could he be going through that like made him fall into this like addiction? You know, could, could you have gone through the same kind of thing, like whatever that is and get through it because you're stronger or you, you've seen more shit, you know? And I always wonder like what was different for me, like growing up that I didn't follow that same path. You know, I always said like a huge part of it for me was leaving Youngstown. And I'm, I'm not saying that because like it's not that everyone there is like an addict, but like if you don't have a good support system and everyone around you is like always getting fucked up, like it's e easier to go that route, right? I mean, the summer that Hubs and I first started dating, we partied fucking hard <laughs> like every weekend. And I mean, honestly, it was probably the best summer of our 13 years together, but I could see how that could have spun out of control if we would have stayed there, you know? And I always said like him and I probably wouldn't have lasted either if we would have stayed in that city, you know, it's just too much bullshit, right? You know, when you're younger and you don't have any real responsibilities, it's not a big deal to eat ramen noodles for dinner every night. Side note, back in Youngstown, when I was living there, us, us sheltered folk, uh, we didn't know what ramen was. Okay. I think they just got a ramen place like a couple years ago. But before that, like, you know, we only knew that ramen noodles were ramen noodles that you buy in the package and like oodles and noodles, you know, but my trick with the ramen noodles was to drain out the chicken broth and then like mix the noodles with sour cream. I fucking disgust myself with the way I used to eat, like for real. But being broke is just like so normal to people. You know, for me, like when I was growing up or even when I was like 19 and 20, like, God, my first year in Vegas, like I barely even had enough money to get like my work cards for Dre's and like my red corset. You know, my first night at work, I wore, I wore this like, I where did I get it from? Oh, I forget what the store was called, but it was discounted. It was a sweetheart shaped corset. It was red with lace and sequins. It's fucking hideous. And I wore like an actual black skirt, not like the cocktail stripper skirt you're supposed to wear that like shows your asshole. It's like a little tube skirt. I wore like a skirt. Okay. And the only knee high boots that I owned were like stiletto and like pointy toed. They're fucking ugly, but no wonder everyone called me soccer mom. You know, I must've looked absolutely fucking ridiculous. 
And now, whether I'm the egg or the potato at this point, I don't know. But I couldn't even fathom like being in that position financially. You know, over the last few years of becoming a parent and like through COVID, like there is no way I'm going to let my family fail, you know, because I don't think I could handle being back there mentally, you know, and that's why like I set my kids up with savings accounts and I refuse to buy a new car because I don't want to ever have that feeling again. And maybe that's why I worry about leaving Vegas so much, you know, because it's comfortable here. I know the money I make, like it's safe, you know, any chance of failing terrifies me. But for someone who's never experienced not having anything to their name, not even a dollar and no one to help you if you're stuck, it is nothing to just move here, move there, take a chance, take a new job, new city, like especially when you have a plan or parents that will support you if it doesn't go well. You know, when Hubs and I moved to Denver, I think I had like 50 bucks to my name. You know, he had money saved from his job that he was working and that's all we had. Like burning through that after six months in Denver, like barely working, we used the last of our money to come to Vegas because going home in general would have been a failure, but going home broke, ugh, total failure. So we took our chance here and uh, overall, I think it worked out. But um, yeah, so I went to this Blue October concert, if anyone's familiar, and the concert was incredible. If you know who Blue October is, they're just fucking amazing. He's an amazing performer. But when he did the song, Hate Me, probably the only song that anybody knows by Blue October, if you're not a fan, um, he told the story of how his dad took his seven-year-old daughter from him like 10 years ago. And I guess his dad was at his house and like found meth like all over the bathroom floor. But, you know, he got his act together, got clean, got his daughter back. And it's like, it's stories like that that like make me wonder, like why can't everyone bounce back from addiction and like put their family back together? You know, to lose custody of your kids or to like have them ripped from your arms in the middle of the night like this guy, like why isn't that a wake-up call for everyone? How does anyone in any situation, like how do you let it destroy you to the point where you lose your fucking kids and you don't do everything humanly possible to get them back? You know, for me, like that story was just like so beautiful that I actually, (laughs) I actually cried like crocodile tears in the middle of this concert. And then I was just like sad, you know, because I just, I wish everyone had that strength or at least the will to try. You can hit me when it's over, what's up? You can hit me when it's over, what's up? You can hit me when it's over, what's up?